Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. It's great to be with you again. In this podcast, I will be sharing on the parasha, Tetzaveh, translated, You Shall Command. My focus will be on the concept, meaning, and prefigurement of the tamid, the daily blood sacrifices given in the temple. Now, we know from Moses that the temple, the priesthood, and the sacrifices were types and shadows. They were copies of the coming realities that they conceptualized. Well, the temple, the priesthood, and the sacrifices ended almost 2,000 years ago. Could it be that the coming realities that they represented actually came? I mean, what else can explain the fact that God in his sovereignty has not allowed Israel to rebuild the temple for approximately 2,000 years. Perhaps the temple, which was the type and shadow of the heavenly reality, perhaps that has been replaced by what it represented, namely God's dwelling presence within us through Messiah. We will briefly explore this in just a moment. Keep in mind that this is a midrash and not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. So we're going to jump into this portion, Tetzaveh, and I'm going to focus on, I think, chapter 29, and uh, beginning in about, I think, verse 38, running down to verse 46. And I'm going to be reading from the Tanakh, a JPS translation uh, called the Tanakh. So follow along with me. I'm going to begin in verse 38. Now this is what you shall offer upon the altar. Two yearling lambs each day regularly. You shall offer the one lamb in the morning and you shall offer the other lamb at twilight. Now keep in mind that these are sacrificial lambs. These are lambs that are going to be sacrificed. This is a blood sacrifice. It's a bloody sacrifice. The life of the lamb will be taken. It's blood poured out as an atonement for the sins of Israel. Let's, let's step back and read Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. Probably the single most important passage in the entire book of Leviticus. 17 verse 11. God says this, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have assigned it to you for making expiation for your lives upon the altar. It is the blood as life 
that affects expiation. Unquote. Think about that for a moment. God's saying, I'm going to allow you to, to make expiation for your lives upon the altar through a blood sacrifice. Now, now the sacrificial system is summed up really in, in, in the Tamid, in the Tamid offerings, the, the daily offerings. And, and so every day they were to take one lamb in the morning and one lamb in the evening and sacrifice it. And those animals basically were the type and shadow that conceptualized this idea of atonement. The life of the flesh is in the blood. The blood was poured out. The life was given on behalf of Israel, making expiation for their lives upon the altar. It provided an atonement for their sins on the altar. The, the, the Tanakh says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. In other words, the wages of sin is death. That's the payment we all owe. God in his mercy allowed his people to offer up substitutionary souls, souls in their place on the altar, souls as represented in the living soul of the lambs that were offered every day a substitutionary atonement life for life, the life of the lamb for the life of the people. It was mercy to the people, not to the lambs, of course, but certainly to the people. So to summarize this, if, if I could, the Tamid was a daily substitutionary blood sacrifice of a living soul poured out on the altar, given to pay the debt of sin that Israel owed, that we all owe. Because everyone is born a sinner. We, we, we all need an atonement. And that atonement comes through the types and shadows of the animals in the sacrificial system, but pointed forward to a final atonement that would not be accomplished through the blood of bulls and goats, but actually by the very life of God himself. Let me go on. I'm going to read verses 40 and on. There shall be a tenth of a measure of choice flour with a quarter of a hen of beaten oil mixed in and a libation of a quarter hen of wine for one lamb. You shall offer the other lamb at twilight, repeating it with the meal offering of the morning with this libation an offering of fire for a pleasing odor to the Lord a regular burnt offering throughout the generations at the entrance of the tents of meaning before the Lord. For there I will meet with you, and there I will speak with you. And there I will meet with the Israelites, and it shall be sanctified by my presence. I will sanctify the tent of meeting and the altar, and I will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. I will abide among the Israelites, and I will be their God. And they shall know that I, the Lord, am their God, who brought them out from the land of Egypt, that I might abide among them, I, the Lord, their God. Powerful verses. Powerful promises. Think about this. The temple, the priests, the daily blood sacrifices were all reminders of God's promise to dwell 
among them. But what happens if the temple, the priesthood, and the Tamid cease to exist? Either God has abandoned his people, or what the temple, the priesthood, and the Tamid prefigured came and is now a present reality. I think these are the only two possibilities. Think about it. If the temple and the priesthood and the Tamid offering cease to exist, think about that. 2,000 years, has God abandoned his people? Absolutely not. Well, what that means is that, that those things that prefigured something else coming were probably replaced because it already came. That reality of what they represented showed up. Now think about this. 2,000 years ago, when Yochanan, the Jewish immerser, John the Baptist, when he first saw Yeshua, he pointed at him and proclaimed to his disciples, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's right. Did you catch that? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He recognized in Yeshua the Messiah that he would be the sacrificial lamb. He would be what the Tamid represented, what the uh, Tamid prefigured. Yeshua, he was and is God's lamb. He is what the Tamid represented and conceptualized. His death on the cross was described by Jewish people in the land of Israel 2,000 years ago. It was described as a substitutionary blood sacrifice for the once and for all complete atonement for our sins, past, present, and future. For all of those who would receive Yeshua as God's tamid, they would not only find forgiveness from their sin, but they would also encounter God in a living way who would come into their hearts and lives through the fullness of his spirit and actually dwell inside of them. The fullness of what he told, what he promised the people of Israel through Moses, he would actualize through those who received his son as their Lord and their Savior. Think of the word atone. It's actually made up of two words. If, if you wanted to, you could say at one. That, that the concept of atonement is that it brings us into a unity with God. We become at one with him. Now, this may be why God has not allowed the temple to be rebuilt. Maybe it's because the temple was replaced by what it represented all along, the Messiah. It's, it's not that the temple is gone. It's that the temple has been replaced by what it represented, the genuine article, the dwelling presence of God in and through the Messiah. Now Moses understood that what he would build in the tabernacle and later what Solomon would build, build it, it was only a copy. It, it represented something in the heavens. And because it was a copy, Moses understood 
that it was temporary. It was destined to be removed. It was destined to be replaced by the very thing that it represented. The genuine, actual, dwelling presence of God. People of God, listen to me. Yeshua is the second and greater Moses. Moses prophesied, there's one coming like me. He'll be greater. Yeah, Yeshua, the Messiah, he is the second and greater Moses. He is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. He was God's Tamid all along. In Messiah, Yeshua is the very dwelling presence of God. This is why he called himself the temple of God. He is the eternal high priest, according to the eternal priesthood of Melchizedek. The Levitical priesthood was a type and shadow of the true Melchizedek priesthood. Yeshua the Messiah is the dwelling place of God. He's the genuine priesthood. He's the actual Tamid atonement for all of us. So yes, in Yeshua, the temple or dwelling presence of God is here now. The genuine priesthood is here now. The Tamid, which represents the entire sacrificial atoning system, is in its fullness here, now, in and through Yeshua, the Messiah. So why don't you put your faith in him as God's Messiah? If you do, you too will experience the fullness and power of God's loving presence in your life. And you will know in a profound way that the God of Israel is God, your God, who brought your ancestors out of Egypt and now dwells in your life. So what are you waiting for? Why don't you pray with me? Receive Yeshua as your Lord and Savior. Father, I just come before you. Just pray with me. Pray pray these words with me. Just pray after me. Repeat these words. Father, I come before you. I recognize that your son is the lamb who was slain. That your son who died upon the cross was your sacrificial lamb to make atonement for our sins once and for all. I receive your son, Yeshua As my Messiah, my Savior, the King of kings and Lord of lords, I receive him as the atonement for my sins. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of Israel, come now through your Son, by your Spirit, forgive me, cleanse me, and come into my life and dwell with me like you promised my ancestors. Thank you. I give you praise. In Yeshua's name, amen. Well, that concludes our program for this week. A special thanks to our great King Yeshua the Messiah and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated to and listened to podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now. Pray with us. Check out all of our social media at graftedin.com. And please give financially to help us share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone around the globe. 
to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.